Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights, and this week we're discussing midges. Nick. Go for it, midges. Well, I've just got back from a holiday in Scotland, two weeks up in the Highlands in a camper van, <laughs> which was great. Very good fun. And people had said, oh, look out for the midges. The midges are bad. And I, I've seen, I know what small insects are like. I was like, well, they can't be that bad, can mm-hmm. they? Until I, and I, and I thought these people were just wusses until the first, it was like day two, we decided to go for a walk by, the, by this cliff. And there was a bit where you could descend uh, the cliff kind of on a very steep path but holding onto a rope it was fine so no one had like said to you mind out for the cliffs it was mind out for no uh, and we got about halfway down when I was suddenly aware of what seemed like you know someone pressing hot needles all over my all over my face and hands and it, uh, this was my first encounter with a fearsome high, highland midge mm. and they these little bastards are everywhere um in well, I'm just in itching, the highlands as talking about, yeah yeah and and i i haven't really experienced mass biting like that you know they're very small bites but they're they're, they're not exactly painful but they're incredibly annoying uh you know they're very sort of itchy and sharp they're sharp little it is like someone sticking a hot needle on your skin so anyway in general i had a bit of a problem with uh wildlife in in scotland horse flies everywhere um uh the midges certainly wherever you go uh i even had a tick i found a tick on my old chap no yes i was going to the toilet and i thought hang on what's that and i pulled it off and it turned out it was a a a tick well if you can rub yourself naked against sheep that's what's going to happen i i I don't know how it got in there but i think they do actually make their way to the sort of warm uh moist just after you brought a kilt so (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) you're parading through the through the heather or the kilt But but anyway, I was trying to think of okay. To me, I, I sort of midges. What are they all about? How do they work? Uh, so you know, they obviously are able to survive by. I've got some some stuff yeah, I don't about. Really, I mean, I, on one level, I know what midges are. On another level, I don't. Really yeah, so know it's exactly just basically what they these are. tiny flies. The Highland midge is a is a is a little tiny fly. Yeah. Uh, they weigh one eight thousandth of a gram, yeah. um, but they nevertheless have these incredibly sharp little rows of biting of teeth, which they which they use to bite you. They have to do that because apparently they can't lay their eggs until they've had um, until they've had some blood. Mm. So they have to get the blood of a mammal and then they lay their yeah. eggs. Similar similar to mosquitoes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I I was thinking, well, I can't destroy these bus i can't fight against them yeah uh at the same time you know it's so it's not really worth me trying to spend all my time dealing with them so i have to just sort of suck it up a bit but uh you know um which so that sort of situation where you're kind of very big and you're being annoyed by something very small um you know what do you what do you do what how what kinds of ways can you use to defend yourself uh there was what i was thinking but i did i did have a look at sort of the economics of it because it didn't add up everywhere i went everywhere midges clouds of them you know you do you, you're walking through a path that someone has nobody walks on you know all day you're the first person there midges everywhere clouds of them uh, and i just thought well how can all these bloody midges survive like they're, they're you know wh- where are they getting all this blood fl- from and then I did the maths. Yeah. And I, I can make it work. Okay. So um, I reckon there is about a thousand midges per square meter. That is a sort of roughly, you look at a cloud of these things, they're, they're all over the place. Yeah. Uh, now you've got about 25 billion square meters in the, in the highlands. So I reckon you've got something like 25 trillion midges. 
um, which, uh, given how much they quiet. weigh, that's about 3,000 tonnes of pure midge. Okay. It's of that order of magnitude. <laughs> right? I, I think you're off, but anyway, keep going. I reckon that mammals, how many mammals have we got? I reckon the population of the highlands is about half a million humans and probably about half a million deer. And probably, I reckon, there's no figures on this, but about a million farm animals. So I reckon you're talking about 200 million mammals. Um, so I, now, I, I, I reckon, so midges lay about 200 eggs, right? So with a stable state population, only one in 200 midges needs to get that crucial bite. Mm. Uh, so, so out of all those midges... Uh, per year, they need they need they need, would like one bite each, but uh, by each, but only one in two hundred of them will get will get that bite. I reckon. So that's one hundred twenty five billion bites, sixty two thousand bites per mammal. But mm. that's about two hundred bites per mammal per day. So it's about right. It turns out that you know, although it seemed like all of these bloody midges, they couldn't make it work. I was like, how do these guys make any economic sense? Where are they getting the blood from? And actually, you know, if we th- we're talking a thousand midges per square meter, what that means is actually, you know, that only about um, y- y- only about sort of forty of them uh, need to bite something a year of those guys to keep it going so that's it yeah i was really i just thought well i don't know how these guys are adding up how there's so many of them but actually it works it does kind of work um, okay so the question anyway, and it did make I, me think well who, who's winning here you know so only <laughs> not 199 out of every 200 midges dies doesn't you know without getting this this tasty bite but at the same time um you know so they're kind of losing but at the same time it's bloody annoying it doesn't for me. feel like it when it yeah when you feels sort of like running. they're all they're all having a go at me and i can't do anything about it so there we are well anyway. look um, yeah i'm not sure about your numbers but um i think you overestimated the amount of uh uh, the amount of uh, mammals there are around, and I think you've overestimated the amount of times they need to to bite. But anyway, uh, well, I mean, basically, we... it's the right order but... of magnitude, is what I'm saying. Okay. Was that that surprised me yeah. because I did, I I just thought I can't work out how these guys they are mobile. They can they can smell you out and follow you around. Yeah, so, I did. Yeah. I just thought, well, I don't know how there can be so many midges. What are they living on? Yeah, but actually, you know, that it's, it does work. On, yeah. They can they can make it work. Yeah, well, they exist and they're there. So mm. yeah. Um, also, just one thing I remember with midges, I think it's an evening thing more than anything else, if I remember correctly. Is that is that about right? Um, uh, actually, it's, cl- it's cloud. They they don't like direct sun. So as soon as it's slightly cloudy, uh, and they don't like wind. So any kind, kind of, of makes wind, sense as well, doesn't it? Any yeah, wind yeah. they can't deal with. The other key thing, and this was our main defense, was they can't keep up with walking pace. So they can't fly fast enough to so catch you. So if you run away... No, then... if you're walking. If you're walking, they don't they don't land on you. The minute you stop, okay. they go, they go well, to look, town. Um well we wanted strategies for dealing with this let's deal with let's let's yeah. let's put some out there first of all you could you could uh eliminate as much as you as many mammals as you could um so they would decline in number but then that just means you're the only mammal around um so they might sort of go for you a bit more well, that's mm, not good yeah um what else could you do massive um you could station throughout the highlands loads of uh windmills Okay. What? Uh, powered. Le- yeah. And windmills so windmills do not work that way. <laughs> no, no, but, no. Hold on. No, no, wait, 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 wait. Just, no, just, no. Uh, just oh, so, no, no. So, up. windmill is not the word I want to use. Fans. Fans. There like you go. Giant fans. Giant fans everywhere. Okay. So you would blow away make the highlands the, the, an even windier place than it <laughs> yeah. already is. Yeah. Right. So blow away all the midges. No midges. Right. Because you said they can't operate in wind. 
Um, and you might even need to do, need that to do that for a bit because eventually you get you, you could get rid of the population, no more midges, and they don't come back. So just yeah. a temporary solution. Yeah. That, you, what else? You could. They must be allergic to some kind. Yeah. Of well, I mean, we we or, used I used uh, uh, the jungle formula's maximum strength, and that seemed to keep a lid on it. But you want something that will kill them. Well, some people. Well, you can't. No. Well, you don't actually. Mm. I'm not really interested in killing midges mm. as long as they don't bite me. Okay. So if it's extra, if I if I've got a choice between a cheap thing that stops them biting me and an expensive thing that kills them, I'm not going to waste the money on trying to kill them. So that's a that's a key thing here. No, but not I for think you this is... to kill them. Some I'm thinking some kind of national system in place to to. to kill yeah, them. I I think I mean that's the that's the thing, and I think this touches on on why it's a problem. Is that it's just not enough of a cost. I think they've they've sort of somehow arranged it so that the midges are, are biting us just enough to be a bit annoying. But not so much that we're going to really kind of go out of our way to murder them all. Um, Peter, either come in, weigh in with, with whatever you want, or you could launch a defence of the midge, because I presume they pr- provide a vital uh, part of the ecosystem. I they... have no idea, but I imagine they are preyed on. Um, I, just, yes, yeah, so returning to reality from Fraser's mad, what? mad hell what? ideas about massive fans all over Scotland. <laughs> um uh, they, 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 I, I looked into the sort of biological defences that have evolved, yeah. and there's quite, there's, there's very, very interesting. And I kind of, I've got an idea for a product. So rather than anti midge spray, what we need is pro bat spray to tell bats Ooh. that we're being eaten by midges. So that, so th- this is used by various species of plants. Do this. So if they, some grasses and things, if they're being attacked by um, mites or by uh, moths or something release a chemical which tells predator wasps that they're under attack and they come the wasps come cool. along and eat all the eat the, the the attacker this is brilliant so what we yeah pro bats bay that's what yeah. we need well, then what do we do about the wasps oh no the bats then we're going to get besieged by bats well bats are okay they're on they're all right they're, yeah, they're right, kind yeah. of cute and cuddly anyway so um, yeah, there are lots of mechanisms that nature has evolved to deal with parasites and parasite-like behaviour. Um, but it's an arms race. It's, right. It's always an arms race. So um, the the species may evolve thicker skin, so the, the midge will involve longer teeth mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, but I think the problem with, with us is we, we sort of... Um, we have... We, we we suffer potentially more than their primary their primary target, which would be the the animals that would normally graze there, uh, evolved to graze in Scotland. We've got quite thin thin skin compared yeah. to l- large herbivory type things, so um, we potentially feel it more. But what's interesting though with uh, parasit parasitism is parasis yeah, yeah that's it parasitism yeah, par- parasitism is um, that parasitism by definition means that uh, you as a species you're a parasite if uh, you uh, gain benefit from another species at their cost. Mm. Um, but as Nick said, the, the midge has found like a little niche where it's not so bad that it's that it's uh, that we. It's, it's, for example, it's not like a malaria-carrying mosquito, so we would probably uh, invest in wide widespread uh, extermination things and big fans. Uh, it's it doesn't really do much harm, so. Uh, in in fact, it's become part of the charming thing of Scotland is the midge, <laughs> yeah. and it, it, it's sparked a whole industry of of of, of uh, anti insect creams and things. Yeah, yeah, and um, I think they, but the, but the um, it, from an evolutionary, obviously, the midges haven't evolved in an environment where we have the technology to be able to um, deal with them. You, you know, so uh, mosquitoes haven't evolved 
with our technology in in mind, as it were. Um, but I think it just from an evolutionary standpoint, you know, is it worth evolving defenses against the midge? Well, a bit, but not totally. I mean, that's the point. It's like they, in order to get better anti-midge defenses, you have to get worse at something else. And I think that's where they're exploiting, you know, exploiting, okay, well, getting thicker skin is expensive, you know, it's going to reduce your mobility. Uh, you know, to, to presumably, if our blood changes so that it tastes bad or contains, um, you know, contains some kind of uh, pesticide in it, well, uh, that's, we're going to have to, you know, that's going to involve some new metabolic process that we'll have to pay for uh, in, in calories. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it seems like there's always going to be a gap for something like a midge. Um, is there, I mean, can we talk about, is it does it make sense to talk about big things versus little things and and little things versus big things is that helpful at all yeah well this is interesting actually because um if you look at predator prey relationships pre prey and predator are almost always about the same size i mean obviously you know cheetahs are smaller than the things they eat but um only by a tiny bit really it's we're not talking orders of magnitude uh, by and large, uh, predators have to be about the same size as their prey. And, and the reason is that, you know, if, if it's too small, if the prey is too small, it's not going to be worth the effort trying to catch it. And if the prey is too big, it, it's just going to be physically impossible to kill it. But parasites are always tiny in comparison oh, to their yeah. hosts. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like there's two business models. If you want to take exploit another animal, you can either be more or less its size and try and hunt it down and kill it. Or you can be tiny and try and effectively sort of invade it and irritate it. And and that is not, I don't think it's stretching things too much to say, actually, that's pretty similar to what you have in quite a lot of fields. So, for example, in businesses, something we've talked about before, like with restaurants, you more or less, you either have to be a little independent restaurant and be very agile uh, and, you know, based on personal relationships and have a fairly flexible management system or you, if, you, if you want to be big you've got to be really big and you've got to have a logistics network and you know lots of regulations and training uh you know if militaries you you if you want to have a big military um like the us you are going to need things like headquarters and diversity policies uh if you're but if you're uh you know a, a weak country like you know if you're uh, the the taliban or if you're the Viet Cong, um you know, you you have the alternative model, which is to which is to you know to to effectively like guerrilla warfare or terrorism, mm. which is almost like a whole new business model. It's very hard to do both, and so so I think you know we're always going to find that we have we're predated on by things about our size, and we're 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 parasitized by tiny tiny things, but you know in between there's things we can be friends with like cats and mice. <laughs> So we we should make friends with those guys because they can deal with the parasites. If only they would make friends with each other. Yeah, I know. Um, the love that that can never be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, where does that take us? Um, I think that was quite a nice sort of uh, summation of things. Um, I want I wanted to talk about wasps a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just one of those things that apparently uh, there's there's probably about one living being um, on Earth which I will more or less happily um, dispatch and end its life. Uh, and that's wasps. Um, actually, probably mosquitoes as well. More of a species than one. It's not a particular wasp you've yeah, got no, in for. You haven't met Teddy the wasp, have you? He's <laughs> horrible. Um, yeah, one. Yeah, a set of living beings. Yeah, um, wasps. But actually, if possible, I do try and let them live. But if it's an enclosed space and there's not much choice, I will be ruthless. However, something has actually given me pause for thought in this, which I read somewhere, which um, a bit like the example you were giving, Pete, that. Uh, when a wasp dies 
um, it, it gives off a pheromone yeah. that encourages other wasps they to They invite come. their mates. Yeah. Mm. Which, which, first of all, it might, on the face of it, may, may not seem like a good idea because it just, you know, come, you know, one person got killed here. Hey, everyone, let's go where that thing got. But of course, it does make me think about killing them twice now. So I, I, I try and not do that. So that's the Yeah, sort of... I feel like with wasps, if only they evolve, if they evolve to be really nice and friendly... And and just instead of buzzing around your face, they just sort of, you know, came along and they had a nice little cute smiley face yeah. and they were furry and like they just these. sat down like a little puppy and looked at you and then went and tried to lick your spilt Coke or something. I'd have no problem with them. It's the fact that they seem to have evolved to be spectacularly annoying yeah. at the same time. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not good for them. They, they should, you know, should do, do things differently. But I think as Peter was saying earlier, you know, all of these things are always in an arms race. And that's the interesting thing when you get these these disparities in terms of size and capability sort of existing in the same ecosystem um, is is that it's not like either side is winning. You know, pre- predators aren't winning. Prey isn't winning. It's yeah. in a kind of stable equilibrium where they're both more or less, they both of them are, are able to survive, you know, as a species. Um and it's interesting looking at just taking the example of sort of asymmetric warfare, for example, yeah. that actually, uh, you know, you, you you looking at the sort of big examples over the last couple of hundred years, I'd say it's more or less a draw. You know, the American Civil War was won by the weaker side, as it were, um, as was, you know, the the, the Mujahideen in Afghanistan in the 1970s and 80s. Vietnam, obviously, the, the kind of technically weaker side won. Um, same with the Anglo-Irish uh, War. But at the same time, you know, uh, you have examples like, um, uh, you know, the, the Boer War, where we won. And quite a lot of those colonial wars where we put them down. And, you know, um, so that there's, there's I'd say it's, it's pretty much pretty close to 50-50. And I, I think it's interesting you look at any field, really, where you have big and small people, it, like restaurants. It's not like um, chain restaurants are killing independent restaurants, but at the same time, independent restaurants aren't killing the chains. They're just different things. Uh, Peter? Uh, yeah, if, I, I'd be interested to explore this, the analogy between evolution and the species that it's produced and the idea that the businesses are, are similar, that uh, they're, they're, there's a sort of game in which there has created these different types of entity within it. I think it's a good analogy, but in evolution, there's no winner per se. So there's no like single pot of money that everyone's after. It's it, it, species, although prey and predators seem to be at odds with each other, they are in fact in some form of symbiosis in yeah. that predators keep the numbers of prey down, which stops the prey from overgrazing. And likewise, as and the 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 the, the species numbers are sort of in balance, mm. and as soon as that you notice that when balance when a misbalance occurs and there are too many predators, they eat too many prey. Predators start dying off, and it kind of it finds its balance, it finds its equilibrium again. Um, whereas business, there is it, 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 so there's no artificial construct there of like of a game. There's no sort of winner. Mm. Um, uh, whereas in business, there is. It's like it's business is not entirely a zero-sum environment but there is like a certain pot of money out there which they're all competing for mm. and a winner would be the person who got all of the all of the cash yeah but it seems and it seems that there there is no way of doing that you know there there is um uh you know in almost every except when you have sort of edge cases like perhaps natural monopolies or whatever um, most of the time, as soon as a company starts being very successful, someone will come along and sort of start nibbling away at them. 
you know the new industries once you've got you know uh you once you've got your um your sort of blockbuster along will come a netflix to sort of you know start taking them down and you know every time you have a monolith someone will at some point come up with a way Mm. of of but i'm not sure i totally agree that you that you can't have winners and losers in evolution i mean in a sense like there is it's the same thing where everyone's trying to capture energy and and you know use it for metabolism so i think you could think about um something like biomass being a proxy for success you know uh and uh, in which case i think the bacteria are winning or something but but it you, you know if you species where there's like 10 member 10 members of that species left and they're living in an isolated part of a rainforest and then if it's not exactly that bit of the rainforest they all die I think they're 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 probably we can say that they're evolution's losers, you know. Whereas the winners are things like I mean I know we're not meant to think this. I know we're not meant to say there's a right answer, but humans have done pretty damn well. I mean our biomass is gigantic compared to other mammals. It's yeah. orders of magnitude higher, and uh, you know we've gone everywhere in the world. There's not an ecosystem where we haven't got humans hanging around. So I I don't know I don't know if it's uh, but if it, uh, but evolution is not trying to do anything and if it, but if it was mm. trying to do something it's trying to uh, replicate the genes that the species has. yeah it doesn't That's... make sense to say it's trying to but at the same time it doesn't mean you also can't speak of yeah. sort of success in the sense yeah, so, that but so you know... success but success in evolutionary terms would be longevity of a particular genome yeah you mean like uh, uh, yeah. Well, I agree, and 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 uh, and humans aside, because we've we've sort of broken the mold slightly, um, but it's sort of and without wanting to sound too much like a vegan, it, the world is kind of in balance, and the species A would not exist without the species C, D, and E around it. Mm. Um, uh, so they, they, there's a sort of unofficial cooperation between the species because they're all interdependent on each other i've come up with a phrase for this i, I call it the circle of life <laughs> i'm thinking of trademarking that no I, I see i'm not sure i would agree with that characterization because i species are not trying no species keeps alive um you know uh, other species uh, for the greater good you know we we all every you know individual in an ecosystem is attempting to claim as much as it can but it but it just you know it just so happens that we're we're able to evolve defenses against you know a, a predator for example at more or less you know the same in the same sort of way that um you know that that the i mean if, if a, okay if a lion could sort of go out and kill all the sheep it would it just so happens that the sheep are the ones stopping it from doing that lions aren't magnanimously going well i better keep some of these sheep alive so that so no that I no can... the yeah, so the individual's behaviour is driven to maximise its own energy intake, but the the species that surround it have evolved such that it can't take that to the extreme. Yeah, yeah, but I'd say it's a bit like the market, you know, that all individuals are attempting to maximise profit, mm. um, and but actually it turns out that you know we will end up we, we end up with an ecosystem which actually has quite a lot of different thriving businesses in it yeah. rather than one big business which is which is one you know yeah um okay um yeah no i think we better we better wrap up there that's midges covered then that's midges covered yeah yeah yeah, yeah we, we yeah we sort of strayed a bit there or did we um before we wrap up anything you want to say well pre-order your your pro bat spray with aleph inside <laughs> indeed indeed okay um well look thank you as always for listening to the cognitive engineering podcast i'm fraser mcgrew we've been here with nick Hare and peter coghill of aleph insights 
Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.